In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Big, big, big week, ladies and gentlemen, as the Browns take on the Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns Stadium. That's right. It is Cleveland Browns Stadium once again. And we're looking at a 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. So I am ready to roll. I know Daryl is ready to roll. My first question for you, though, Daryl, is Denzel Ward ready to roll? I don't think so, at least as we have this conversation right now as we record this on a Monday evening, and you're probably listening to us uh, Tuesday or Wednesday morning. But uh, my anticipation is that whether he is available this week or next week or whatever, the Browns are going to keep this very fluid as far as uh, his uh, potential availability. Uh, Rodney McLeod, uh, the veteran safety uh, on practice uh, Monday had uh, said that they're encouraged by Denzel's uh, progress, but they're obviously allowing the doctors and the medical professionals uh, to do their thing in regards to his uh, availability and working through the concussion protocol. Kevin Stefanski, to the surprise of nobody, had nothing of substance to say uh, regarding Denzel or who potentially could replace him if he is unavailable but right now as we have this conversation Andy I I just I'm not optimistic until I see a guy return you know what I'm saying until I see him on the field it's hard for me to to real uh, you know get get fans excited uh uh, about a guy uh, returning and and unfortunately with concussions you you think you turned a corner with one and then you can wake up the next day and you be you know almost back to square one. They're just it's it's not like a hamstring or a groin or a muscle pull or strain or anything like that, or even a break or a tear where you can, you know, get an MRI or get an X-ray and they can look at it and say, hey, here's what your timeline is. They're just with concussions. There are no timelines, unfortunately. So as we have this conversation right now, I'm not optimistic, but uh, let's see how this week plays out. Every concussion is different. Every concussion heals differently. Every time you get another concussion, it becomes easier to get another concussion. Those are all facts. Um, The other fact is it's his fourth professional uh, that we know of concussion, and we don't know how many he had at Ohio State. We don't know how many he had at Nordonia. We don't know how many he may have had uh, playing rec league in any one of the eastern suburbs he may have played rec league, if he did play rec league at all. Um, so I, 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 for one, just, you know, if Denzel comes back, that's awesome. And I'll be really excited that he plays. He is an amazing football player, but if Denzel chooses to not come back and say, look, I, I, I can't mess with this. I would have all the respect in the world for him either way. So it's about him. It's about his family right. and it's about being healthy for the rest of his life. And I just want Denzel to, to have what's right for his family, to do what's right for his family. I don't care about contracts. I don't care about all this. I mean, Obviously, he's got to support his family uh, right. in some way, shape, or form. But at this point, I would think in his career that if he could walk away from it financially sound, I, I would not I, – look, I want him to come back, but I would not be mad at him if he didn't. I'll, I'll be honest. You just don't want to mess with concussions. Yeah, and and, and it's – a uh, you know, these are obviously conversations that happen behind closed doors, not just with Denzel and his family, but, you know, also with the football team. And the other thing, too, is is – as he goes through this, um, what, why there's, there should not be any rush to your point, Andy, uh, when it comes to any, uh, because when you're going through it, your thought you're, you're thinking one way, but then when you come out of it, maybe you, you know, 
ha- have other thoughts as well. So the most important thing is that uh, Denzel is, is safe and healthy and whatever uh, decisions he makes uh, regarding his availability, both in the short term as well as the long term, um, you know, he's able to do that with a clear heart and a clear head too. So um, I, I've seen some comments on social media, even in response to a, you know me posting news about him and whatnot. And, and I, I would just remind fans that uh, are not uh, responding positively uh, to this particular situation to remember that these, these are human beings. Uh, they have families, they have lives beyond the football field. And yes, they are paid handsomely uh, to play at a high level and to entertain us uh, each and every week. But first and foremost, they are human beings. And so um, whatever is happening behind the scenes and, and Rodney McLeod, Rodney McLeod even said it today uh, or uh, on Monday uh, when we uh, talked to him about, you know, allowing the medical professionals to, to do their jobs and uh, allowing this thing to play uh, itself out. But, you know, when you look at the, the, the bigger picture, as far as what do the Browns do, should Denzel Ward be unavailable? Um, I wrote this Monday afternoon. I anticipate, and again, this isn't set in stone. This is just me speaking. I'm anticipating that Greg Newsom will slide back outside and play uh, for Ward. And then uh, they can, uh, you know, go with, um, you know, uh, one of the younger guys uh, in that nickel uh, position. But right now I would think that Greg Newsom is first in line to go ahead and replace him uh, in that starting lineup, Andy. Daryl, you've talked about Rodney McLeod a couple times already in the podcast. His experience with Jim Schwartz has got to be invaluable for the other players who are out on the field. Just, kind of touch on that and did he talk about that today well yeah and and actually he was asked you know hey where is this off or this defense rather in relation to you know uh, are they where they need to be in relation to how it was in philadelphia right um and he he said we're the, the, i'm paraphrasing but he, he basically said we're ready we're good to go we're ready to roll sunday against joe burrow uh, in the cincinnati bengals so uh, the fact that he feels really good about where they're positioned. And also he, you know, spoke about the depth that they have in the secondary. And he feels like, yes, obviously everyone wants Denzel Ward to play, right? But if he's not available to play, Rodney McLeod stressed that he feels like they have the depth that's uh, going to be required to go ahead and be able to get through, uh, you know, whatever uh, time off that Ward might need. Um, I, I think Cameron Mitchell, um, the rookie, the fifth round pick from this year, I think he's a guy that could slide into that nickel spot. He had a real good training camp, real good preseason. I think he's ready to go to slide in uh, to that particular role there. So, um, but yeah, McLeod feels really, really good about where they are defensively. Uh, the the, the uh, adaptation to Jim Schwartz's defense uh, the fact that he's been able to be a little bit of a sounding board, answering some questions for his teammates uh, about various assignments and, and things that Jim Schwartz is looking uh, to execute philosophically on that side of the ball. So right now, all, all signs outside of Denzel Ward, they're in pretty good shape, uh, knock on wood, for week one, Sunday afternoon at Cleveland Brown Stadium from a health standpoint. Daryl, uh, two things. One, this is driving me nuts. I got to see what's behind me. Do you looking at this? I don't know. Something's up there. 
Oh, it's my backpack. Okay. Sorry. I was looking at what was behind me. And, <laughs> you know, I was watching. I was watching. Oh, the other one's a blanket. Okay, so there's a blanket. Thought, thought one of your kids left you a present on your couch. No, I was like, no first I was basement. like, first I looked, is that one of the dogs over there? Or like, what's going on? <laughs> I got, uh, that's What are Bernie. the dog's names? Tell, tell, Boomer, tell everyone. Boomer and Bauer. That's a Bernie. Uh, Wait a minute. Game. You named your dog after a former Cincinnati Bengal? Boomer and Bauer. No, that's not why. Boomer, um, just because it was a B and we wanted Boomer Baskin. That's all. We didn't really, okay. It had nothing. Although Jeff, had nothing to do with Boomer. I, you know, thing. on our show, we had a Sison on the show, and he goes, "Hey, Boomer, I just <laughs> man is Meredith fast." Um, the uh, that we had Boomer on the show, and Jeff's like, "Hey, Boomer, what do you think about the fact that Andy named one of his ten pound dogs <laughs> Boomer?" And dead silence, dead silence. And I was like, "Thanks, Jeff." Awesome. We should have named Fantastic. I mean, we named Bauer the second dog after the hockey equipment Bauer. So remember, and, everyone and was not like, Trevor Bauer, not Trevor. No. Okay. So we probably should have named Boomer either Sherwood or CCM or I don't know. There's some other. There's some new hockey equipment things that we could have named him, but we didn't. But but we love Bauer, so we we love Boomer too. So all right, uh, stick, let me go back. Sticker cup was taken, right? Uh, yeah, we could have taken that. We, I stick cup. That didn't sound good. Puck wouldn't have been good. That would have been really bad. Puck. Ah, <laughs> oh, puck. What did you do? And then he'd be like, Ugh. "What the puck are you doing right yes. now?" Yes. Oh, come on. Heavy puck. Puck over here. Off. 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 Get off the couch, puck. Heavy enunciation on the p. Yes, exactly. All right. Let me go back into this before we end the first segment. The defense is the defense ahead of the offense. I think so just because of the personnel that they brought in. Like, I I feel like that the offense has been a work in progress all throughout training camp. Right. Right. And um, they've been working on stuff. So it's really hard to gauge specifically where this offense is in relation to the defensive side of things. Right. And even like during training camp, I would say the defense won more than the offense did in practice. But that, like that, but that isn't exactly a fair measuring stick either, because I, I keep going back to what Deshaun Watson said uh, in the middle of training camp, right uh, after the the Philadelphia practices, and I, I think it was a guy from Philadelphia that had broken down Deshaun's performance in the practices or whatever. And I, 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 to Watson's credit, I, I just I, I felt like he said what needed to be said. Not only to just not only just the fans, but to media too. Like, Darryl, we have no second. idea what the yeah. I was gonna say, hold that we thought, don't... hold okay. that thought for a second. All right, let's let's hold that thought. We'll talk about the media and the Browns and the expectations and what Deshaun really said, and how it's even more meaningful now, I think, than it was when he actually said it. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. I'm Andy Baskin, and he is Daryl Ryder. Daryl, tell us about our friends from BetUL. Mobile sports betting finally legal in the state of Ohio. Andy, in case you haven't heard, it's been that way since January. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. You can see all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or by downloading the BetQL app where you can claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for those exclusive sportsbook offers. All right, Daryl, when we last, last left you in the last segment of the show, that we were talking about Deshaun Watson, what he said about his play at Greenbrier, but it also goes into a much bigger thing. 
the Browns will go as far as Deshaun Watson can take them this year. I don't think there's any question on that. Yeah, what do you think? and I would agree with that. And, and what he was getting at is, is while we're overanalyzing every pass and completion, incompletion, interception, touchdown, whatever, that they're working stuff in practice. You know, they're working on third down. So guess what? He's going to make throws during those drills that maybe during a game he normally is not going to make because they are messing around a little bit, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work. So uh, to sit there and criticize the end result of practice uh, doesn't exactly uh, on the fairness meter tip the the scales in, in a positive direction because uh, we don't know what they're working on. So his message about not being so process, uh, or I should say results oriented in your evaluations of what takes place in practice just, you know, really doesn't fit. As far as this team goes, you're right. They named him a captain since we've last uh, spoken. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a captain. Uh, not a surprise. Um, it, you know, I think it's a separate discussion as to whether or not he even should be a captain based on everything uh, he has been through. But the bottom line is he's the quarterback of the team. Quarterbacks are usually captains. Um if for this franchise to get where it wants to go, and that's to the Super Bowl and hopefully winning the damn thing, uh, he he has to lead, right? He has to lead on that side of the ball. So naming him one of the five team captains, and the other thing too is voted on by his teammates. His teammates voted him a captain, and his teammates care about one thing and one thing only, and that is what is happening within the locker room and within those white lines. Um, so, you know, Deshaun and Joel Batonio represent the offense. Uh, your defensive captains are Anthony Walker and Miles Garrett. And then your special teams captain is uh, Charlie Hewlett. So two, the, Charlie, two longest, yeah. the two longest tenured Cleveland Browns on this roster, Joel Batonio and Charlie Hewlett, if my memory serves me correctly, both came into the league in 2014. They both are, uh, you know, among the five team captains. So, yeah, this team is going to go as far as number four is able to carry them. All right, just a uh, uh, update to you in case you're worried about my health because I think I've coughed a couple times. While everyone enjoyed great weather this weekend, I was absolutely miserable. This has probably been one of the worst allergy weekends I've had in like 10 years. And uh, like so much so that we it forced us to cancel our plans last night. That's how sick I was last night. So I'm okay. And I've taken COVID tests left and right too. So not COVID as my wife made sure that I tested and then tested again. So just to give you an update on that too. And Daryl, before we get back into the Browns here for a second, are you at a uh, uh, incarceration facility or where are you today? <laughs> I am. Uh, I am in an undisclosed location in Northeast Ooh, Ohio. Really? And, uh, by the way, while you were sick, is this a bad time for me to mention that I spent my weekend at the air show? Uh, no, go ahead. Tell everyone. <laughs> because you got high school football stories coming from me, so go ahead. Oh, is, oh, is that what's going on? You got the high no. school football ready to go? No, I got uh, yeah, the high school so, football itch. So, But keep going. How was the air so I, show? It, it was fantastic. Got to watch the fabulous Thunderbirds. Found out I needed, needed a new camera. So I, like, I, I, I posted a bunch of really, really uh, great uh, – set of pictures on my Instagram. The problem is I had to crop them all because I'm going to need a new camera. So we really need this podcast to do very, very well here in the coming weeks so that I can afford to get a new camera so I can continue taking some, some pretty sweet pictures. I already got my eye on the, on the new purchase 
and it includes upgraded lenses too. Ooh. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, pretty good size crowd. And uh, yeah, I, I'm all about the, it, the, the I, I, one of the pictures I got the, I captured the top gun scene. Remember the inverted scene in top gun where the right flying on top of the MIG, right? So I, uh, <clears throat> I got a shot of the Thunderbirds doing that very maneuver and so uh, what I did is I, uh, I, I went uh, uh, INDB or whatever, and I pulled up the script Quote. from that yeah. part of the movie, and I just attached the dialogue to the picture. <laughs> what were you doing up there? Communicating. You know, yes. giving him the bird. Oh, the finger. Yes, we know the finger, Goose. <laughs> I thought it was saying you're number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same deal. But yeah, yeah, it was really cool. They did the Thunderbirds were uh, fantastic. The best part though is when they when uh, they would fly low, and not only do you get the incredible sound. By the way, do me a favor. I I did see this. If you're taking your kids to an air show, ha- have ear protections okay. for them, please. Please. So like, I don't know if you I, caught this at the Guardians game last night. There was a baby in the first row. Now with the Nets, it's a lot better than it was. Right. But man, if you've got a baby, like a little one, I mean, like less than a year old, and you're like holding him up and doing the whole puppet thing yeah. with the kids, you better be careful because the net does bend a little bit. And if you get a fall, I just, ball, I mean, I, I've seen too many people get hit. So wait, I got to tell you a Thunderbird story really quick here. So when I was young, my parents took me to their show. Loved it. Used to love going, whether it was the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds. So the first time I thought I was going to see the Thunderbirds, I thought I was going to watch the Thunderbirds that were like the marionettes. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic where are they where are they where are the other thunderbirds like what what's this all about this is the ultimate andy baskin and then the south park guys came through and made the movie where they they did it with the marionettes and i gotta tell you that was that was one funny movie that, i believe that was uh, uh team america world police that is correct. That is correct. Well done. You are yeah, a yeah, movie yeah, aficionado. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get back to football here. We talked about the defense. Let's talk about the offense now. How how confident are you in this offense as we head into week one? And we'll see Deshaun Watson right out of the gate. You don't have to wait till six games left in the season. We saw him in preseason. We saw what some of the faults are. We know what's yeah. out there. Why will Deshaun Watson be better in the opening game against Cincinnati than he's been his entire Browns career on the field. Because they rewrote half the playbook for him to fit his skill set. Number one, uh, number two, uh, they, he's had the entire off season to work that playbook. He, uh, multiple trips with his teammates during off uh, times, vacation times during the off season program. Remember they went to Puerto Rico. They went to Miami. I think they went to a third location too. Um, it might might have been actually in in, in Texas, um, so he has been able to really work all of that, Andy. And I and I I feel like uh, remember going back to early in OTAs where I was like, hey, the chemistry with these new receivers, eh, don't look that good. Well, by the time they got to veteran minicamp in mid June, night and day difference as far as progress goes, right? And then. Why? Again, it, Why, Daryl? I I just think it was it was just you know just part of the the process of getting those reps in. He's he's gotten the reps in right. Nothing hanging over his shoulder, uh, over his head. Knew he was going to start week one. Uh, so not having to split reps with a another quarterback, right? Didn't have to prep somebody else uh, to get in there. So I just think that 
that process alone of him getting all of those reps and all of that work with his teammates has positioned him in a fashion to where he can hit the ground running. Now, he himself has said that it is his expectation that he starts the season off hot. And quite frankly, looking at the schedule where you have all three AFC North opponents within the first five weeks, and by the way, of their first five games, four of them are at home. That means the rest of the way, they're only going to play like four home games. Think about that for a second. They're going to have to be road warriors down the stretch. Um, So I I think that his expectation is that he is going to be able to really hit the ground running this year and get this offense to a hot start. Uh, And, you know, hopefully it starts Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals because we know who awaits in week two. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. (laughs) All right, excuse me. When we return, I do want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to talk about Joe Burrow. I want to talk about what this team will face the first few weeks of the season and why you should have confidence in your Cleveland Browns. Plus, J.C. Treader made an appearance in Berea. We'll talk about the former Browns offensive lineman who uh, does a great job running the union. So we'll talk about that when we return to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, uh, let's talk about this game against Cincinnati. I think we're all fully expecting Joe Burrow to start. Um, Zach Taylor has been vehement, though, about the fact that if he is not ready to play, he is not going to play him. Now, all signs look like, and every report out of Cincinnati is, he is on a path to play Sunday against the Browns. I think I'll be shocked if he doesn't start the season in Cleveland as a starter for the Bengals. How about you, Daryl? I second that. If Joe Burrow is not on the field Sunday, I'll be flabbergasted. And the only way he will not be on the field Sunday is if he has a setback this week. And all indications coming out of Cincinnati are the, the, he's ready to roll, right? Uh, coming off that <clears throat> calf injury and, you know, whether it's Rodney McLeod or even Kevin Stefanski talking about Monday about, look, they're expecting, they're expecting this guy to be, uh, you know, on top of his game, right? Uh, and when you when you look at Burrow uh, against the Browns, yeah, the record is one and four. He's only beaten the Browns once, and that was uh, last year uh, in in game two uh, to earn a split of the season series. <clears throat> but when you look at his numbers, Andy, he's thrown for over uh, he's thrown for nearly fifteen hundred yards in five games against the Browns, ten touchdowns, five interceptions. His completion percentage is like sixty six percent. So his numbers against the Browns are actually really, really good numbers. It's just the the Browns have found a way to win four of those five games against him. So it's not like he has played poorly against the Browns. And I think that there's a distinction there. And that's, again, goes to a lot of, you know, some of the analysts say wins and losses are not a quarterback stat. You see what I'm saying? Because he has played really, really well against the Browns. The Browns have just found ways to win those games. So uh, they are expecting Joe Burrow to be uh, at the top uh, of his game. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when um, you know, uh, McLeod, here's a quote from him. He said, I expect Joe to be exactly who we think he is, be that elite quarterback, be that leader for them, and still go out there and run their offense efficiently. And that is, too, what I am expecting to see Sunday afternoon. Daryl, when we uh, take a look at the Cincinnati team that walks out on the field, it's hard not to notice 
the three-headed monster that they have at wide receiver, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. And then they revamped their offensive line last year to make them so much better. Uh, and then you look at, you know, uh, Brown, Volson, Karras, Kappa, Williams across the front. And then you got Joe Mixon to help them out on offense. Just your thoughts on what we'll see out of this Bengals offense that knows how to get it done. There's a part of me that thinks like defense is going to be optional on Sunday when I look, you know, like when I look at these two offenses uh, right. and, and compare and contrast them. But I just I feel like the edge goes to the Browns because I, I just on paper, at least, I think the Browns have the better defense. But if Denzel Ward is not available. I, I get I get a little nervous, you know what I'm saying, when you're talking about trying to shut down that high flying, high powered potent passing attack that Cincinnati is going to throw at the Browns. So um, I, uh, I I feel good about the matchup for the Browns, but a little nervous as well because I, I, I just and, – and, and Cincinnati, that personnel grouping, they've been together for a few years, right? Elijah Moore's new to the Browns. Marquise Goodwin, we'll see if he's able to play Sunday. I'm, I, I'm leaning more towards yes than no at this point. Uh, we'll see. It, it, nothing, nothing's, you know, uh, set in stone or guaranteed there. But, like, you know, Marquise Goodwin is new. Um, you know, Amari Cooper and Deshaun still, you know, have been working on their chemistry this offseason. Uh, Deshaun really seems to trust Donovan Peoples-Jones. We spoke to Donovan Peoples-Jones on on Monday, and he spoke about how uh, uh, how he views it as a compliment that Deshaun trusts him throwing him the football. One of the things that he uh, DPJ did so well last year is showing the ability to make those contested catches. I mean, he made some catches last year where like flags should have been thrown. I mean, defenders were getting there early and hanging all over him and he was still coming away with footballs. And again, as somebody who has covered the Browns as long as I, it's not something I used to seeing. Like I'm not used to seeing football stick in receivers hands when defenders are hanging all over them. I'm used to just seeing those footballs end up on the field as incompletion. So um, I, I feel like from a stability personnel standpoint, the Bengals have a little bit of an edge there, but it's neutralized by what the Browns are going to be able to throw at that offense, that Cincinnati offense from a defensive standpoint. I am really, really excited to see what this front four, uh, I'm going to call them the front five, because I'm going to throw. Double O for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw him in there with Zedarius and, uh, Shelby and and Dalvin and then of course Miles. Uh, it was funny. Uh, Rodney McLeod called Miles today Superman uh, when, when we spoke to him. You know, he was asked, "Is you know, has Miles been everything as advertised?" He's like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> that guy's a beast. He's Superman." So um, I, I'm really excited to see that matchup. Right, that rebuilt Cincinnati revamp offensive line going against that Browns defensive line, and then uh, the the belief in a deep secondary, whether Denzel Ward is on the field or not going against, as you put it, that three headed monster that Cincinnati is going to be throwing at them at receiver led by, of course, Jamar chase and T Higgins. Daryl, you also brought up the, uh, the fact that JC Treader was at camp today. Um, he looks apparently like he's gone on the Holly long Joe Thomas diet immediately following these playing days in the NFL. Uh, what did he have to say? And was it union business uh, for him to be yeah, there? Or was it just just him visiting with old friends? No, actually, he was there on official business. Of course, JC in retirement remains the president of the NFLPA. 
the NFLPA Executive Director Lloyd Howell was also in Berea on Monday. Uh, again, this is standard operating procedure. Uh, they travel around to each of the 32 teams to meet with the respective locker rooms and basically go over uh, any concerns, uh, any policy changes, any union business and things like that. So uh, uh, nothing real headline worthy there, just, uh, you know, standard annual visit to uh, to the complex to kind of go over, uh, you know, again, policy procedure and union business. Did JC talk to the media at all? I would, I would assume. That I, 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 did, I did yeah. not have an, I did not have an, I, I, he might have uh, spoken with Tom Withers of the Associated Press. Um, but uh, I, I, I did not uh, like Joe Thomas's uh, Hall of Fame party. Daryl did not receive an invitation. It's all right, Daryl. Maybe someone will ask you to homecoming. <laughs> Maybe. One Here, hang, on hang on a second. I'll do it. Here we go. Just for you. This is the corniest thing. Oh, I don't even know if this will translate right. Yeah, this this oh, is no. Andy Baskin, dad joke, one-on-one. Here we go. Oh, All no. Right, let's uh, will you hoke? Oh. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it, by the way, that's the thing It is now, ridiculous. Right? I mean, they... Oh, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Meredith, you can pop in for this for you, just even audio only. Um, I like the lengths that kids have to go through now for homecoming and prom. Like a promposal, please. It's like it's like you're asking them to marry you now. Yeah, it's yes. not new. My my brother did promposals, and How about the whole he's, homecoming he's near, thing, though. Uh, I don't know if we did those for homecoming. My brother Will did those. You I remember. Oh my oh. god, that's crazy! I do remember my brother doing a promposal, and he's nearing forty. So like that was like an elder millennial thing. Wow. <laughs> Thank God for all of us 80s kids out there. That It's bad enough if someone said no to you. Now you got to make oh. a whole thing about it, and then it's on social media. I mean, you want to talk yeah. about ripping somebody's confidence away from someone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, if you go through all You can't quietly there's... just say, you know what? Uh, let's just be friends. Or, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I have to wash my hair that night. I got to tell you. Or I'm going the, with the someone else. That, well, no, I never got that one. But uh, knowing, <laughs> thinking back on it, I got to tell you, there were a lot of girls at Cleveland Heights High School that had extremely clean hair. <laughs> or the, uh, if nobody else asks me, maybe I'll consider it, but I'll probably go alone. <laughs> I don't know. Would you rather hear that or would you rather hear, uh, oh, no, I'm supposed to wash my hair on Saturday night. Oh, sorry. I, I, yeah. Wait, you don't wash it every day? Maybe I don't want to go with you in the first place. Right, exactly. All right, so that was your homecoming proposal. Uh, let's get uh, just into final thoughts as we head into this game against Cincinnati, and uh, how do you expect this to play out, my friend? Well, I, I why don't we save the prediction for the next podcast? Uh, all right, I'll let you do that. Yeah, but uh, give me one, one thing we can Give me one thing right. to think about between now and then. So the fact is that no one in the national media is predicting the Browns to do squat this year. Ooh, that's a good one. And the whole reason why is because Why? well last last couple of years they did and well the browns remained the browns and didn't come through so i think that recent history is it's not that the national media doesn't feel like the browns are going to be good this year or have the ability to be good or that they don't like the roster because honestly they do the problem is is well the browns have disappointed the last couple of years when they were picked to have successful seasons so i think that that's a big reason why you don't see the browns getting a lot of national love 
I do think a minuscule part of that is still the Deshaun Watson hangover effect from last year. But I think that that's not nearly as strong as just the general disappointment in how the Browns have performed the last couple of years. So uh, it's, uh, I guess, gives them a little mini chip on their shoulder, so to speak, right? And and it's on it. Look, I'm picking them to win 10, 11 games this year and to make the playoffs. I, 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 in fact, kind of think that they can get out a wild card weekend too. So um, I'm I'm not ready to say they're Super Bowl contenders or, you know, they're going to win the conference or whatnot, but. I do feel like this is a playoff team and Browns fans are going to have a lot of fun watching their football team this year. Daryl, we want to thank everybody who started watching us now on YouTube. Uh, really appreciate it. It was kind of, it's just fun to be able to flip it up on the TV now and watch that. And like, Oh, uh, Netflix. No, let's watch game day in Cleveland on YouTube. Uh, the kids were like, what's this dad? I was like, come on, we've been doing this for more than a year now. Hop on board. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we appreciate everybody that's listening to us on the Odyssey app, of course, or where you get your downloads, but uh, love all the new folks that are watching us do this now on youtube youtube tv whatever it is we appreciate you big time and you know if you want to be a part of the show you know what if you want to just write in the column uh in the comment section on youtube maybe we'll start giving shout outs there as well uh on instagram on twitter at game day cle for our great producer meredith kane and the illustrious daryl Ryder, who's in a prison somewhere in north america i'm andy baskin it's always game day in cleveland